0: there, welcome to Nothing's Perfect, I'm B. <gasps> New name. Ah, and I am Ryan. And we are here to recognize flaws in the things our world has created and eradicate them. That's right,
1: I read my horoscope this morning and it said that I'd be on the hunt for perfection. Also, if you're a Capricorn, stay away from
0: gummy bears. Stay away, they're bad. D- did you ever see that one post, I think it was on Tumblr, that was talking about like, that, like this bag of gummy bears on Amazon that was just like... A, a blight on people's stomach. Oh, you remember God, that? Yeah. Like, that's, there was, and there was, there was just like hell stories. That's the one
1: that all the Capricorns need to look out for.
0: Yeah, exactly. Speaking of dessert, Ryan, what's on the plate for us today? What are you, what are you feeling? We're, it's, it's past hmm. Thanksgiving. Ooh, another plate joke, possibly. Oh, yeah. It, it is a, it is another yeah, plate you joke. You got a full
1: plate of turkey, cranberries, stuffing, um, hey um real quick can i just go into some quick uh discourse that i have learned exists yeah sure mac and cheese for thanksgiving dinner thumbs up or thumbs down uh thumbs up all right because my family doesn't do mac and cheese for thanksgiving dinner however it isn't because like we're prejudiced against it it's just that we didn't know that people did it
0: yeah i i mean like i i haven't recently but i i didn't think it would it would be like a Thumbs down situation, but, but I remember
1: I was with a group of friends and I brought this up and I was like, "Yeah, I I, I didn't have things. We just didn't have mac and cheese because we don't have it." And like almost simultaneously, one of them one of them said, oh man, you gotta do it," and the other one said, "Good." <laughs> it was a very <laughs> tense rest of the day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. um Yeah, no, I I uh, usually when we make it at home, we do mac and cheese for Thanksgiving, but like. We haven't really been doing it um, at home recently because my my grandparents are like exhausted all the time, so they haven't been able to to like set up Thanksgiving. So we've just gone out to like a buffet, which is like a little less magical, yeah. but you know we're still with the family, so it's. Fun. I mean, it depends on where the buffet is.
1: If it's at a Golden Corral, and you have twice the magic of a normal American Thanksgiving,
0: that's true. That is true. Uh, but speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, I wanted to do like a Thanksgiving uh type episode. Um, the week right after, Uh, and I was going to do a whole bit about, like, how, um, man, there's a... There's a... There's a... There's a uh, Black... There's a Thursday. There's Black Friday. Then there's Cyber Monday. What's on Tuesday? And, like, since since episodes come out on Tuesday, it was going to be, like, a fun little timing thing where it's like, we need to perfect Thanksgiving and make there be a Tuesday thing. But two problems with that. One... Uh, the episode is now going to come out too late, and two, I've learned that there is a Tuesday thing. There is? What is it? Yeah, it's called Giving Tuesday. At least, uh, that's what was going around on Twitter on Tuesday, and I was that's like... bullshit. I was like, that's I've never heard bullshit. of that before. They're not thankful for it anymore. Yeah, but well, but then I thought like then, then I guess we would do like a Wednesday based Thanksgiving episode. It, but Wednesday I was like, Wednesday is objectively the worst day of the week, though. It is, and and not only that, but it ruins the magic of having us perfect a Tuesday day on the same day that we do an episode. Which just it was all just a a bag of beans, okay, a bag of gummy counterpoint, bears, counterpoint, if you will.
1: Counterpoint, point. What's, what's um, your county point? It's a point in a county, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> <If> <laughs> beside it, the counterpoint, if you will. Um... <laughs> We put out what the hashtag Wednesday is, and it's going to be not the Wednesday after Thanksgiving, but the week after that. We're going to make it a national (laughs) holiday.
0: The the Wednesday after the Wednesday after Thanksgiving? You want to give that a holiday? Yeah. Okay. Although, like,
1: I think for this year it's going to be the first day of December.
0: Uh, Can this new holiday that we put on this Wednesday of the week after the week after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um can it like override Wednesday and make it to where it's not Wednesday anymore and it's just this day. Like for example, if if this holiday were Christmas, you couldn't yeah. say, Oh, Christmas is on a Tuesday. You would have to say, No, Christmas is this Christmas. This like Christmas um, this is day. on Christmas so is on instance, Christmas this week.
1: Like for instance, so um it's actually December sixth. So like December sixth this year is going to be the name of this holiday. Yes. Like if, um, I can't say next Wednesday. I have to say next whatever this holiday is. But we need to cover yeah, the holiday ne- before we get with
0: this specific. You can't refer to that day as Wednesday because it's not Wednesday anymore. It is. It has been overridden by this new holiday.
1: Yeah. We hear nothing's perfect, don't like Wednesday.
0: We hear nothing's perfect, hate Wednesday, and that is a stance that we will hold until the day we die. Until the day when Hades grabs my ankle and drags me down into hell himself.
1: If I am on my deathbed and it looks like my clock's about to go on on a Wednesday, I will survive for 24 more hours. (laughs) Now let's come up with this name. We've been hating Wednesday for too long that we didn't actually make any progress.
0: Let's talk about the list of qualities that people have already covered with these post-Thanksgiving holidays. So we have uh, Black Friday
1: yeah where you go uh, which shopping is, which, until you
0: die yeah it's all about consumerism and about death in uh, stores mm-hmm. um, there's cyber monday which where you is, shop again, until you
1: die but on the computer it
0: was, yeah it's, it's <laughs> consumerism but about death in front of your computer screen yeah. uh, and then giving tuesday which is a lot more pleasant uh, it's a, it's about giving uh, a lot of like charity links were going around that day uh, stuff yeah. like that so that was pretty nice and then um so what comes after cons- Oh, okay, so here's, here's, here's what I'm noticing. Consumerism okay. is about buying and getting. Yeah. Giving is about the opposite of that. So we need to find the middle ground. And I think that's what this replacing Wednesday holiday should be. It should be the middle ground between getting and giving. What is that?
1: I mean, there's such polar opposites. Um, stealing. Because <laughs> that way you get- but you don't give money to the
0: economy. That's that's true. Well, but I don't know. I think that that's just another extreme wait, entirely. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Hear me out on this.
1: Okay. You know how, you know how it's overriding Wednesday? It stole yeah. Wednesday's
0: title. There has to be a little bit of positive in there, you know, because it, there, there has to be a little bit of, of giving to balance it out. What kind of stealing?
1: Okay, so here's what you do. Everyone, like, puts a bunch of stuff on their doorstep um of course the amount of stuff they put on is equal to their income or however you want to slice it and then just there's a whole time where everyone can just go out and steal that stuff from the doorstep. yeah
0: yeah yes it's 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 Perpetual free garage sale day where you put things out in front of your in front of your door Where you don't need or you don't want and someone can just come by and take them It has a sense of like roguishness to it like it has a whole new
1: like it has a vibe to it That makes you feel like
0: There's there's the consumerism aspect and and sort of like the thieving aspect of of, of like I need to pick something I need to pick something wisely because if I get this nobody else is gonna get it and if I don't get it somebody else will it's 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 it you get the you get the pleasure and like the adrenaline rush of that but you yeah. also have the safety of knowing that whatever's out there someone put out there on purpose for you to take
1: it's one part thievery one part
0: gifting what do we call it okay i i still like transfer day uh but i don't feel like that's clever enough
1: i feel like transfer day uh, takes away that first aspect of like feeling like a that you're chilling like a villain yeah Sneakem day
0: Sneak 'em day <laughs> or like voluntary heist day. You have to have the goodwill behind it, but you also have to have the
1: rush. I feel like the rush is most definitely an important part. How about, how about get 'em's day. <laughs> I actually really like that. <laughs> get 'em's day.
0: Get's day.
1: <laughs> so and here's the kids, fun
0: part. It's it sounds a little bit like Wednesday, so it's like it's a fitting replacement.
1: Yeah. So kids at home, be sure to leave out your <laughs> Anything you don't need for the gethums
0: and then leave go out, out that, and leave take out that copy from... of one two switch on Gethem's Day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean yeah.
0: Okay. Alright uh, is there so, is there anything else you wanna add? Any sort of like sort of tradition, any how would you how would you decorate this holiday? Um, <laughs> how would you how would you decorate for get like aside from all the stuff on your porch? How would you decorate Getham's Day?
1: I feel like participating houses May put out a bright candle, being held by the statue of, like a rogue, of a rogue and
0: man, I, and and I I feel like it's a situation where like there are there are like standard tra- traditions like that, like the candle, but there are also th- like things that some families do and some families don't. I yeah. personally would put a big cardboard sign in in front of all the stuff, and it would be painted in cheap paint, and it would say "Come and get 'em's."
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: And that would be like a really nice decoration. I really to compliment like the scene. I like it. All right. I think we've right. Got get
1: em's <laughs> we got Getem's Day. We got
0: Getem's Day. Hashtag get 'em's Day. It's it's uh it's uh it's tomorrow when this episode comes out. So Yeah.
1: So be sure you put all your stuff out
0: at midnight. Be, be sure to put all be sure to put out all the stuff you don't want on Get'em's Day. Yep. Remember, the week after the week after Thanksgiving. The week after the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. Also on Void Day. Also on Void Day, yeah, because every day is Void Day and Void Day is never. What's your suggestion, Ryan?
1: My suggestion, or should I say Polestar's suggestion at <laughs> Galaxy Valkyrie, um, they submitted a fantastic suggestion under the hashtag PerfectedCast saying, perfect Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. We both it's... have an interesting experience at Pocket Camp, don't we? <laughs> I, well... And that we got it if, early, I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. If, if I was going to say, if by interesting, you mean I played it for like 20 minutes and then put it down <laughs> and never oh, picked it wow. up again, even after uh downloading it for realsies. But but talk about, we'll we'll talk about the, the, the other interesting experience that you were referring to. I was just talking about off. the fact that we
1: got it. Um, yeah, we did. First. We
0: got a little early, not through any special privilege or anything. We just cheated the system because uh, for those who don't know, uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is a uh, is a game that was released by Nintendo for mobile devices recently. Uh, it's free to start, um, mm-hmm. so yep. if you want to if you want to try it out, download it on your phone now. But it's basically Animal Crossing, um, and you run a campsite. You run your own campsite instead of it being like a town or whatever. Uh, it, yeah. And it's really it's
1: really cute. And you know it's kind of ironic. What about it? Um, if we're kind of piggybacking off of previous episodes, in a previous episode we said that we could perfect Animal Crossing by. Uh, Enclosing a time-stopping device. Yeah. Um, however, on this one, such a thing isn't necessary. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, that's true. Because um, one of the big draw—well, not big draws of this one—but uh, there isn't any like Animal Crossing person leaving if you don't visit them enough. In fact, um, like it's got a lot of the standard um, uh, free-to-play fare where uh, you actually have to take time out in order to get stuff built like for instance yeah. you're like hey
0: Cyrus build me a pizza yeah that's 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 actually really interesting they they kind of they they do the opposite of what animal crossing is where they force you to wait long periods of time without playing the game yeah which, which is, is interesting is um an irony bomb really really quickly what i was going to go over was the fact that uh they did a soft launch in Australia Oh, yeah. And uh, if if you lived in Australia, you were uh, you were able to download the game uh, about a month or so early, maybe a little less than a month earlier, yeah. um, and try it out because uh, uh, they sometimes do those soft launches. Um, well, they do those a lot of the time, actually. Yeah. But um, if if you managed to get an Australian uh, i iTunes, not iTunes Apple Store account, um, then you could download it early no matter where you were. Uh, and I did that first and then I told all my friends to do it and then Trip they played the it Barbie. more than me. <laughs> um, no, but yeah. So back to, back to what we were talking about. That is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it also, it, 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 animal crossing on a mobile device is in a really weird sort of like compromised situation where like the whole free to play mobile market is reliant on like making you wait long periods of time or spend yeah. money to, to mitigate those wait times. Yeah. Um, But Animal Crossing as a property is not normally known for that kind of thing. So, like, I I feel like they kind of had to...
1: That's because it's only been associated with full-length games. So, really, nothing is associated with microtransactions until you put it within the free-to-play model.
0: The thing that I I meant was that, like, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and normal Animal Crossing are both reliant on the real-life passage of time. Just in very, very... Opposed ways yeah in in contrasting ways and that's really interesting to me I never really even thought about that until you brought it up like that's what we're here for That's so weird, but talking about pocket camp. Um, uh, like I said I've only played it for about like 20 minutes. I never really got super far I want to get into it eventually because I have the normal American version installed on my phone once it came out But I never actually played it at all (laughs) I just installed it and then kind of left it to sit there. Um, have you played it a little bit more? Um,
1: yeah, I played it a lot more, um, especially cause, um, I helped, I helped the wonderful GF, um, get the Australian version and gotcha. we kind of like checked out each other's camps. Um, I like to Aww, go yeah. to your camp every so often and give her kudos just cause it's a key. That's thing. nice. Yeah. Um, and of course, like I can't. I, I feel like on one hand, I can't be a Mr. Complaining Pants, being like, "How come it doesn't have this feature and that feature?" Because it's it's an iPhone game. It's not going to yeah, have the full effects of a full 3DS or yeah. cough cough swish, Switch um, Switch <laughs> game involved. Um, there are definitely a lot of differences, and there's a lot of the free to play model that leaves a lot to be desired. Because I've seen the free to play model. Uh, go about it in a lot of different ways. And I think yeah. a lot of the time it is very unintrusive in the way it does it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like, from what I've seen, a lot of the complaints about the free-to-play model with Pocket Camp comes from the wait times for building. Because, like, you start off building a chair in, like, two minutes. And they give you uh, basically this game's version of, like, in-game bot currency. Uh, that aren't bells, uh, called Leaf Tickets, and they, they give yeah. you a lot of Leaf Tickets to start, and you sort of feel like, yeah, I I, I don't feel super pressured to earn money because they're giving me a lot of Leaf Tickets to do all this, like, normal stuff. I haven't played it enough to know this for sure, but I imagine the farther you get, the less that happens and the less easy it becomes to get Leaf Tickets without buying them. So you start off and you 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 start, like, crafting a chair or something, and it says it's going to take two minutes, and you're like, okay, that's not bad, but also I don't want to wait two minutes for a chair. So I'm going to spend some of these like hundred leaf tickets that I have to remove the wait time, which is fine at the beginning. But then when you get later on in the game and you're waiting like seven hours to make a pizza, like which is an actual thing that can happen. Yeah, that's when it gets a little bit ridiculous because I imagine again that you don't get that many leaf tickets, at least not for free.
1: All right, so here's my counterpoint to it, and it might just be for my playstyle since I am very savvy to free to play models at this point. Right. Um I'm a lot more um conservative with my leaf tickets. So Yeah, yeah. I'm cuz uh, so I'm okay with just going like okay, whatever and then like closing the app for a while and then getting back to it later. That is definitely a thing where they do front load you with a lot of leaf tickets and there is a definitive point where outside of um Outside of level ups and outside of um, outside of events, you do run out of leaf tickets, which can be a bit on the problematic side. But if you're conservative enough, leaf tickets and you're patient, it isn't a problem. What the main issue and the main way they get you um, in this segment that I like to call "How They Get You" isn't necessarily <laughs> from the wait times and isn't necessarily from um, like. The leaf tickets being prevalent in so many ways, although that does have something to do with it, um a lot of it has more so to do with crafting materials because one thing they introduced in this game, they don't have any other or animal crossing game is a crafting element to things.
0: yeah, yeah. there's there's like there's a whole ingredient system Uh, where like you have to have like balls of yarn and like stacks of wood to like build certain things, which is it's pretty cool. I'd actually. Yeah. I would not mind seeing them sort of, like, expand on that. Maybe not in such an exploitative way, but, like, expand on that in a more... expand yeah. on that in a normal Animal Crossing game. Yeah, you whole, know what I mean.
1: The whole idea with crafting, and oh boy, here we go, right at time. The whole idea of crafting, the thing that, I don't... Okay, I'm, I'm gonna probably step on some toes here, but the thing that made crafting, like, popular and the thing that made it so widespread and gave everyone the idea for it was mine of the craft. I would yep. say. I mean, a lot of oh, games yeah. did it beforehand, but Minecraft made it Huge, and after that, you can't Absolutely. see a lot of free to play games without crafting.
0: Yeah, Minecraft um, was a phenomenon. Let, let's that, that's yeah, not stepping on any toes. That's a fact.
1: Now, now there's a very there's a very big difference between how Minecraft does its crafting and how Animal Crossing Pocket Camp does its crafting. With Minecraft, let's say you're trying to make a thing that requires um there isn't anything like this at all, but let's say it requires um like glowstone wood, and an ink sack. You know, okay, in order to get wood, I have to punch this tree a bunch. In order to get glowstone, I have to go to the nether. I have to find a thing glowstone. And in order to get ink, I have to find a squid and punch it a few times. With Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, um, I'm actually looking at a list of items right now. So, like, let's say you wanted to make the toy piano. I just pulled this up. I think it's really cute. I don't have one yet. In fact, I'm going to order it right now. But you need um, 60 steel. And you need three cute essence. Now, the way you get steel in this game is by giving uh, certain certain villagers certain favors. Um, whether they give you steel or not, it isn't incredibly apparent within the game who gives you what. I've seen people online make charts as to like, hey, this person gives you cotton, this person gives you steel. But inside the game, there's no real way of being able to tell. Cute essence, like you can tell because every, every villager is labeled, hey... I give out. I'm cute, so I give out cute essence. I'm cool. I give out cool essence. Um, but it isn't for stuff like steel, wool, fabric, cotton, all that stuff. That isn't inherently apparent with each person. And then even then, in order to fill out those requests, you have to do something—a randomly generated quest. Um, some of them involving like rare stuff, which on one hand wouldn't be too much of a problem, that you have a limited inventory, so it's hard to make sure you have the right amount of exactly everything. And again, there's rare things, which sometimes you need to do microtransactions in order to get. So, all in all, I think what I'm trying to say here is the whole crafting element works in games like Minecraft because the player is given enough knowledge to know, okay, this is how I get the ingredients in order to get this. But in something like Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, it's a bit of a crapshoot, which on one hand it's like, okay, yeah, they're doing it so it can be manipulative and they're doing it so that they can get money for this game they're releasing for free because that's just how the freemium model works. I kind of wish it didn't work like
0: that because, again, manipulative, but... So your issue with the game is more of, like, from a design standpoint and less from, like, a kind of, like, free-to-play model standpoint.
1: I mean, the design standpoint is... Very reminiscent, and does take a lot away from the free to play model. In fact, the free to play model almost dictates how this game plays. Right, supposed right. To work. In order for because Nintendo, if if anything, is very very good at making money. They're a business. Yeah, that's what they have to do. <laughs> that being said, I still really love this game because it still has a lot of the charm that you'd see in an Animal Crossing game with cute characters, very nice interactions. Um, yeah.
0: And, and, you know, they can always, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've heard the thought that like Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, over time did a little bit better about like managing their free to play system with like, without making it like too unfair or too exploitative. And I feel like if Nintendo like listens to feedback and like kind of takes these things into account, they can just update it. You know, like we live in an era where like. Sometimes for better or for worse, if a game is not as good as it can be at release, it can always be better later on, which yeah. is good, and it's 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 reassuring. And I say for better or for worse because a lot of developers take advantage of that and release unfinished products just because they know that they can fix it later. Yeah. But in cases like this, it's it's more of a good thing because it's, it it can turn a game into an evolving experience and, like, make people feel like they're being listened to. But with all that aside, so, is the crafting system what you would kind of pin as, like, the major flaw that keeps this game from being, like, the best it can be?
1: Yeah, I'd say it's mostly involved in the crafting system. Like, like, in terms of the point where we're going to throw our improvements at it to make it into a holy being that uh, surpasses all things?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I just want to kind of give us some focus.
1: Yeah, let's focus in on this crafting element that I just ranted about for five minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, the villagers themselves, while sporting a lot of charm and cuteness and amazingness, because I love all of them. Shoutouts to Apollo and Cherry for being the coolest. Um, <laughs> while they do give a lot of personality to the game, which is what is which is what brings people in in the first place, functionally, they're just middlemen
0: they're just yeah they're just they're just quest giver outers to get you to your crafting materials yeah
1: and even then it doesn't they don't really telegraph what kind of materials they're gonna give you
0: some of them can get down with some of your instruments in your camp from what I've seen. Some of them can just yeah, jam actually, out.
1: Actually, just um, while I was looking up the toy piano ingredients, I opened up a little like set and frickin' Butch was playing on the guitar and I cheered him on a little bit.
0: Heck yeah. It was yeah. fantastic.
1: But that's all aesthetic stuff. In terms of functionality, they're just the middlemen who are all like, hey, get me some of this and maybe I'll give you something for it. Or every so often well, they're like, I thanks mean, for letting me stay here in the give you thing.
0: Yeah, well, like to be fair the 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 villagers in normal animal crossing don't go too far past that i mean like they they do go further past that and they do have a little bit more depth to them but in normal animal crossing i i would say that a lot of the villagers functionality is is more like it, it's it's more function based it, it's it's more in terms of like giving you tasks to do and like building kind of like these these tangible in-game rewards and like giving you items and like trading items and stuff like they, I mean like it's not like it's like like a like a visual novel like you can't like date any of them you can't like really form I mean you can Wait, form relationships on, with them like
1: it's it's been a while since I played New Leaf you you can't date them no well enough of this whole Animal Crossing for Switch business. <laughs> 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 no, but I, you know, I, under, I understand but, that. I understand that. It's just the, I think the primary difference here is, like, um, in Animal Crossing, they'll say, hey, you got something cool for me? And it's more like a friendly thing. With this, it's just, like, it's the only way that you can get certain things in, that you have to use in order to create. Right, to create, right. Like, right. So, uh, so, like, if so, I want to make so, a piano, I and I have to get steel, I... I can either use leave leaf tickets. Obviously, they
0: they feel they feel a lot more just like a functionality thing when they're the only way that you can get this thing to work.
1: Yeah, so I think I think that one of the ways we can improve that is um, have an alternate system, just to change up the system for um, getting the crafting materials like wood and. Like of course you can still keep the fruit picking you can still keep that stuff but have a more concrete and have a more like easy to fathom way to know hey I'm gonna get some cotton for this not just like right. here's a pear let's see right. what I so get. like
0: so like let's let's implement a system where like the way you get things makes sense like if you go to a tree you chop it down and that's how you get your wood and and yeah. it's and and you can do that at any point it's not just for a quest you can do that at literally any point you go down chop down some wood you can like you can like go up and and like reach your hand into the trees and like grab some leaves and stuff and and yeah. like get get some leaves you can pick grass off the ground you can maybe even like dig into the ground if you wanted and like get some dirt cubes i mean dirt clumps
1: no i like this but i, I feel like one aspect of um animal crossing that has been missing for the really longest time that i've seen in a lot of bigger games is Animal Crossing is really great, but ever since they put the villager in smash bros, I think we need to incite a little bit of danger. Into
0: yeah, the game. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I agree like maybe some some like enemies that kind of like spawn but, um, but if you at, just... at, at certain times and kind of make you feel on edge, you know. Yeah,
1: on one hand I was going to say like hey, just put them out everywhere, but it's, but I mean
0: like I feel like if you put them out just at any time it it ruins the whole like it it does it it in i mean like it, it kind of ruins the balance of of like allowing you times to kind of like peacefully uh uh dig and uh and craft and uh, and, uh mu- i mean make friends with your yeah yeah make friends. friends yeah yeah not what i was going to say um so, so yeah i i, I think that night. we kind of we we kind of need to have a sort of balance there like give give you a time to do all this collecting and and gathering resources and and then give During you the day. A time yeah yeah and then give you a time to to fight monsters and, at night. and be scared. Yeah, at night. And and that works because night is a scary time. I'm afraid of the dark.
1: Yeah, of course. Who isn't afraid of the dark? And then yeah, um, and, and we can have we can have things like z- zombies. Zombies are. Busy, yeah, right? well
0: yeah, yeah. I I think that maybe that might clash a little bit with, with the aesthetic of uh Animal Crossing. Ooh, how about this? How about um so that they're kind of uh uh mixed with the Animal Crossing aesthetic, we uh combine them with pigs. So that you kind of have these like zombie pig creatures. So not only do you get the okay. danger, but you also get a little bit of the Animal Crossing flair. So that they're still animals, you know. Because yeah. part of the magic of Animal Crossing is that the only people that are humans are you and your friends. You know, like all the other mm-hmm. villages are animals. And I think that's cool. So what if we made them like zombie pig people, you know.
1: I do like that idea. And they can even like, they, they can travel in groups because they have friends of their own.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, And, and you know, and we, we like we could like um do a little sort of like make make it feel a little seasonal, you know, yeah. have have some kind of like because because mm-hmm. spookiness is always associated with the kind of seasonal feel because, you know, it yeah. always is around Halloween that people get real spooky. So we'll put some like seasonal stuff in there, like maybe like some some Halloween spiders or like maybe some skeletons Ooh. like I know that they aren't necessarily animals, but they're not humans either. So right, it's I have, a little bit more feasible.
1: Alright, I have one more thing we can add into this game to make it really, really good, alright? Just to this little okay. perfection. So you know what's really big with the kids these days? What? Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna rip off Minecraft. I feel like if we can talk if we can get Nintendo to talk to Mojang, maybe we can get creepers in this game too.
0: Okay, okay, cool. So now now we have kinda like this animal crossing game with a lot more of a freedom and mm-hmm. focus on crafting yeah and uh, a little bit more danger a little bit more action mm-hmm. and it'll still be on your phone and then we have a little bit taken from minecraft to put in there yeah just a touch yeah we just take the creepers we just kind of make it a little collaboration thing yeah, it's an easter egg yeah yeah and it'll kind of remind people of minecraft but it'll really be the only thing that we take from minecraft and exactly I think that that'll work
1: Perfectly. so
0: um yeah so i think for our last subject i wanted to kind of talk about <clears throat> um a little project known as Owl City. Ooh. Um Owl City has been on my should mind. I say, Hoot. <laughs> oh, That was good. Thank you. I, I was I was pre- <laughs> ever
1: since like I heard you talking about Owl City, I was in the back of my mind hoping that you would bring up Owl City into this so I could make that exact joke. <laughs>
0: I did, I did a little fake laugh, and then it made me giggle for real. Um, <laughs> so, it, I think, like, my body, like, felt me laughing fakely, and it was like, oh, it was like laugh overdrive. Like, oh, 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 we're supposed to be laughing. Oh, okay, then we're gonna, and then I had to do my normal laugh. Anyway. Fake it till you make it. So, um, yeah, but Owl City has been on my mind a lot recently, uh, specifically because he's putting out new music, which is great. It's amazing. It's been such a long—he's been taking like such big breaks in between albums. It's killing me. Uh, but a new one is coming out next June, and I'm really excited. And he's been releasing new singles and new EPs from the album leading up to it. Um, yeah. But uh, I wanted to talk about Owl City because there's a little bit of like kind of—I wouldn't say like a discourse, but a little bit of like a a polarization within the Owl City fan base right now, and even within myself.
1: You can say all my friends.
0: <laughs> well, well, that, but I wasn't going to talk about that specifically, it's more the idea behind that song, and more the idea about his new music in general that I wanted to touch on, because Owl City is going in a new direction, but not in the way that he has before, uh, because Owl City has done a lot of experimenting with style. For those who have been living under a rock and don't know, Owl City... Uh, was brought to fame by the song Fireflies, which has gone, like, I think platinum at this point. Like, it's 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 a big song. Uh, it was really popular in, like, 2009. Like, to, from 2008 to, like, 2010, it was, like, in its peak of popularity. Yeah. Um, and Owl City was very unique and very uh, kind of instantly recognizable uh, in the sense that his lyrical style and his music uh his his music style his is is his he worked in the electronica genre and his lyrical style fit that in a weird sort of like unconventional way because his lyrics don't mean anything or they didn't mean anything back in the day i mean like yeah. he had little like snippets of different ideas and different like analogies that would represent certain things but on the whole a lot of his old songs don't really mean anything at, le- at least not Line to line, you know? Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. In, in fact, that's one of the things that I always liked most about his music was that his his lyrics were always very colorful. They were always very imaginative. They weren't necessarily about telling a specific story always, and they weren't always necessarily about even saying something really all that important. They were more about just painting a mental picture. Yeah. And that's how he made a lot of his music. That's even how he wrote a lot of his song titles he would just put words together that he thought sounded cool together and do it and i think that that's cool i i don't think that that's like a a legitimately bad thing by itself i i i think that he really he kind of owned that and and he he did it a lot and he made a lot of quality stuff out of it mm-hmm. um but in 2012 he kind of uh he a lot of people think it was because of the record label um, I think around this time, it was definitely more his decision to do it, but maybe not later, and we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but in 2012, he released a uh, an album called The Midsummer Station, uh, which was very polarizing at that time as well, because it was different from that. Um, it wasn't, like, the kind of dreamy, ethereal sound that he, that he had uh, with his older albums and his older music, uh, and it was definitely much more, like, standard radio pop, and you can tell that uh he worked with a lot of collaborators on that album specifically lyric collaborators um because it's very generic like pop like generic mm. like pop love songs like it's it's very like you're mine and you got a right to remain here with me and like like oh, is that a real, you're a that shooting a real star and like all that stuff it, it's all it's all very like and it, it's not it's not necessarily yeah, it isn't, like, it's, it's, it isn't
1: like detrimental. It's just very yeah, but
0: but it's it's all generic. It, it's very like generically uplifting. It's like generic love songs. It's it's very very middle of the road standard mm-hmm. stuff, which was polarizing because it wasn't the stuff that he did before. His stuff wasn't like standard or middle of the road. It was weird. Like he made weird stuff, and then he made a very generic album, um, and then. After the Midsummer Station, he took a long break, um, and uh, the only thing he really released were like a few singles, I think, and then uh, an EP called Ultraviolet, uh, which I really yeah, liked. Ultraviolet um, and then uh, and then he released an album called Mobile Orchestra, which was along the same lines as Midsummer Station, only even more generic, even more disjointed, even more just weird and and bad in all of the wrong ways and it was it it felt like a time it was like kind of the darkest point of Owl City where he just felt so creatively exhausted like everything that he put out at that time just felt well not everything because there's a couple yeah. songs on Mobile Orchestra that I really love but most things that he put out around that time just felt drained of of its soul you know and it was sad to see that because he used to be so in his own head and, and so like his you could feel that like his music was just like him representing yeah. himself and the way that he saw things and like it was it was really it was really nice and then Mobile Orchestra was just like this this low point. So now we're here with this new album that he's putting out named Cinematic. And the reason why I I I say all this stuff, uh, even if it's a little long-winded, is to say that he's going in an even more different direction with this new one, in the sense that lyrically and uh thematically this new music is about him um mm. and when he announced that when he talked about that i don't think i really understood the gravity of what he meant by that because th- these songs these new songs are literally beat by beat about literal actual moments that happened in his life and he yeah. is just he's just bearing all he's just like putting it out there literally describing almost moment-to-moment events in his life. Like, uh, the EP yeah, I, that he just put out, there's a song called Fiji Water, and there's a song called Fifth of July. I was about to say,
1: you me Fiji Water.
0: Yeah, Fiji Water is about uh, when he signed on to his old record label. Uh, he's free from that record label now, and he's making music pretty much independently. Um oh, yeah. The the song Fiji Water is the first song of the album, and it's about him signing on to the record label. And I listened to it, and the reason why I say it's polarizing is because it's it's so literal. Even when he was doing like generic stuff, uh, with like Midsummer Station and uh, Mobile Orchestra, it was never like super literal stuff. It was always like, except for like Unbelievable, which is a bad song, but not to get into that. Um, yeah. it was always very generic stuff, and it was always like your average kind of like like we're living for today and like everything's cool and like we're having fun, we're dancing and like like you're gonna be okay. And it's like it's all cool stuff, but it's like very sort of I've heard this a million other times before. Um but he's he's not going back to his old style. He's just kinda he's dipping into this new project where like he's just talking about himself. Uh which I I think that now that I understand that, I I think that I can really kinda get behind it. Um but the reason why I've 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 brought Owl City into this equation, into this podcast, is not just so I can talk about his new style uh and this new direction that he's going with, but also because I have an idea of how to give people what they want in a way that has never been done before. You have my attention. So, what a lot of Owl City fans want now after just being dismayed by all the new directions that Owl City has taken, they just want Adam to go back to the dreamy style. That's all they want. They just want... They're just like, Adam, please make a Maybe I'm Dreaming album. Please make another Ocean Eyes. Please make another All Things Bright and Beautiful. Please. They just want to feel like they're being taken to another world. They just want to feel like they're in another place entirely. Yeah. So, how about we make that place for them? If Owl City isn't going to give it to them, we will. We're going to make an Owl City theme park. Oh and it will be the ethereal otherworldly visually stunning experience that everyone wants from Owl City but they're not getting from his music anymore. We're going to have an actual saltwater room. We're going to have actual plant life coming through all the floorboards. We're going to mm-hmm. have act- we're going to have a ride called On the Wing where you where you ride on on the wing of a plane. All right. It's going to be Owl land, owl city land, owl world. It's still, we need to workshop this is what I'm yeah. saying. It's not perfect, but that's I, that's the right direction, I think. I think that's the most logical direction to take these woes.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if the complaint at this point is, like, it's a sense of escapism, then what better idea of escapism than a theme park, an actual place to escape yeah.
0: to? Overall, the speakers in in the in the area will be playing all that old music, just really hammer home the fact that hey, you're in that place that he's not giving you anymore. But we did give us all your money, please go to the gift shop. Okay, so so there's there's, what I think.
1: Okay, mind mind if I just speak up real quick? There are two issues with this idea. There are two (laughs) issues with the idea. One of them you probably have already caught on to. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? So. A lot of people believe that when an artist makes their stuff more catering to pop, that they sell out. <laughs> <laughs> problem number two. <laughs> um, I think I think that, like, in, on a serious note, the only thing that would be a problem with this ethereal world is, like, the thing that makes LCD City music so great is that when you listen to it, it's escapism. It takes you to this, like, completely surreal place. The thing is, though, once you create something that concretely sticks in your mind and makes it real, in a way, does that eliminate that effect? Because then once you listen, like what, like, let's say you're, you go there, you go to a place where plant life grows all around you and you don't feel bad anymore. There's uh, sheets on the tables and chairs and all that stuff happens. You go to it, you see it. When you listen to that music again, you hear, um, I saw a bear in the den. You hear that and you're like, hmm, okay. And instead of having this whole abstract concept dancing around your mind. And again, one of the beauty of music is the subjectivity of it. Just like, instead of thinking, ooh, bear in the den in your own special abstract way, your mind's going to default to the thing that you actually saw in reality. That being said, there is a way to get around this. Okay. It's simple. Introduce reality bending effects. Yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. literally, like, get, like, normally when you think of Universal, I think the reason that I had this, like, negative effect on it is when I think of, like, um, Universal Studios Cat in the Hat, when they adapt that, like, it's just like, oh, here's an animatronic cat, and you're like, wow, there's the animatronic. But no, if you literally reach into the nether realm and pull out these unworldly effects, get a real bear, put it in the den. <laughs> Fight the concepts of reality. <laughs> That's what Owl City's music would do. <laughs>
0: it, would just, it would just fight it. You would just take it out back and shoot it.
1: Shoot it while Fireflies plays in the background. Get a yeah. real deer. Put it in headlights. Make this whole thing evolve into this strange trip. <laughs> I don't. I didn't want to say trip. <laughs> I didn't want to say trip, but there I go.
0: I think that once we actually for real make this theme park, because every idea that we talk about and Nothing's Perfect is going to be a real thing, I think it's inevitable. Of course. It's coming, inevitable. 20, coming 2024. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like as soon as we actually make this, we'll introduce those kind of, like, reality bending effects. Like, imagine, like, we kind of give people their own sort of, like, portable VR headsets that can just, like, morph everything into, like, their own vision of what this place is. We'll have the technology for that at the time, yeah, for sure. But, like honestly,
1: with enough with enough RNG coming from like computer effects, you can RNG a completely different experience for everyone. Like if you can have a different game of Spelunky every time you play, you can have a different like reality bending trip every time you go to Owl Land.
0: Absolutely. Um. But but I was gonna say just for the sake of sort of like discussion and creativity on our part right now, maybe thinking of a couple possibilities of 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 sort of some of the things that you could see in this park. I was thinking we could go down. Uh, some of the titles of his songs, and kind of like formulate maybe rides or shops or rooms based on some of these titles. What do you think?
1: I am pulling up the discography right now because I'm not as well versed in Owl City as you are.
0: <laughs> That's fine. No, yeah, I, I I pulled up a list as well. Are we gonna call it Owl Land or are we? Gonna, should it should be something else. Owl. So so Owl Owl City is the name of the band, but just, since I think they just call it Owl City. We we want it to feel bigger. So how about Owl Country? It's like a city. But bigger
1: u s o the United States of owl, so a few things that immediately pop out to me just just from looking at this and just from knowing things um first of all, um uh, every store has a candy shop. you go to universal, you can go to um Marmaduke's that's honey dukes um easy one for this one peppermint winter
0: yeah, yeah, so that so that will be kind of like the the candy shop of the place
1: yeah, and it's only peppermints only. If you try to get anything else, um, then you you die. There's a lot of death here at Owl City. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Owl Country. My bad.
0: We can just call it Owl City. No, nah, I like Owl Country. Owl Cities, Owl City. <laughs> That's what it'll be called. It'll be it'll be in smaller font. Owl Cities, and then under Owl City.
1: Uh, just going through the list, I feel like um, every uh, drink canary like. They they could serve um, Coke or Pepsi. I I don't care. Just kidding. It's got to be Coke. But um, instead of water, they have to serve Fiji water.
0: Yeah, they have to serve Fiji water to sort of like tie into the new album. Uh, here's mm-hmm. something that I thought would be pretty funny and silly. Uh, what? so he has a song called "The Real World." Uh, which is funny because when you read the lyrics of the songs, it's not the real world at all. It's very crazy and strange. Wow, uh, but how just subversive. Just in terms of like the title, I think it'd be funny if we had a room in this park called The Real World, and if you walked in, it's just a bunch of guys at desk doing taxes.
1: Oh my gosh, that would be such an anti corporate statement.
0: It would be so funny and random if you just walked in and people doing taxes, and like someone would come up and they'd be like, hey, sign up for the DMV. And then that'd be. So
1: it's a horror
0: ride. I mean, I know that Disney. Disney has
1: a haunted mansion. I understand we gotta get it on the shtick, but I don't want to yeah. get anything too scary, because, like, yeah, no, it's yeah. so bright and how, uplifting.
0: Okay, so how about the dentist's office? Wait, no, that's worse.
1: Wait, what if the real world is just the exit?
0: Yeah, the, the real world is the exit, and when you walk in, it's, like, now entering the real world, and then, like... You see the people doing taxes and then you walk out of the room and you're back in the parking lot. And it's like that one room just sucked out all of the magic so that you have to pay to go back in. Exactly. It's a perfect
1: way of entrapping people. <laughs> um, I mean, some of these are easy. Like um, you could have a tidal wave and an umbrella beach right next to each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, fe- I feel like some of these are definitely just given. Oh, how about a ride called Cave In from Ocean Eyes? Ooh. Um and uh, I th- this will be fun. I-, I feel like the theming of this ride uh, is that you they strap you onto a motorbike, okay. uh, kind of kind of car, like kind of um, it's it, it's it's like a it's like a normal coaster car, but it's styled like a motorbike and like they they have things like that. There's a Tron ride in uh in like Disney China, I think, where like they put you on a Tron motorcycle, um, and it just straps in from the back. Um, oh, yeah. And it's really cool. So you feel like you're on a motorbike. So how about we put them on a motorbike because there's um, there's a line in here that says uh, yeah, because riding dirt a dirt biking. bike down a turnpike. So how about um, that's just very dangerous
1: with dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, riding with dirt bikes usually don't have a lot of protection in order to survive against the asphalt and
0: stuff. Well, he's wearing a helmet. Yeah, but like still, so, if you wipe out. so they strap you onto a, a motorbike car. Okay. and you as- you escape out of a cavern that is caving in behind you and that's the thrill Ooh. of it nice now the 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 issue is going to be are we going to have these be practical effects because there's that's going to be weird to make work i think the
1: easy answer here is um reality warping that's the yeah, easy answer yeah. but if we're going for non easy answers i feel like uh, you could easily have some just uh yeah you Practical effects have gotten. Yeah, pretty you far you these can days. do it. I
0: mean, we we can manage it. I I just feel like that'd be that'd be a fun theme, and it 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 it'd be thrilling. I mean, escaping I certain death is definitely, uh, what I would call adrenaline pumping. Exactly. Um,
1: um, I think there should be one. Um, from all things bright and beautiful, there's one called kamikaze, and you just die.
0: <laughs> Once again, a lot of death in Owl City's Owl City.
1: <laughs> um... <laughs> There's one called January 28, 1986. It's only open for one day of forever.
0: Yeah, but it's like the best place in the park.
1: But it's only open on January 28,
0: 1986. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so you missed your chance. Sorry. It's, it's just a big gift shop with everything in the park and everything is free. It's open on January 28, 1986, and also Getham's Day.
1: There's some actually really good names for roller coasters in here, like Um Alligator Sky and Bird with a Broken Wing. Stuff like that could easily be in some good some quality roller coasters
0: absolutely um i also uh i I think maybe the last thing we can kind of like design to to close this off is uh after of course his most famous song fireflies and i think that this will definitely be kind of like one of those um one of those just kind of like chill like you know how like disney has um like epcot you know, yeah. sort of like just scenery-based attractions. Like yeah. you're not really riding or doing anything, but you're just kind of looking.
1: Unless you're rocking the test track.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but but like it, it's more about like seeing the sights. So I feel like Fireflies could be just kind of like, um, maybe like maybe like a restaurant or something where like, I mean, this may be a little bit weird, uh, to have bugs crawling all over your food and stuff so maybe not real fireflies but maybe like both with reality bending effects and also with some practical magic we can make it to where it looks like little glowy things are flying around everybody while they're eating yeah. and it's like a really cool sort of venue um also i know this said i know i said that was going to be the last one but i i thought of how uh disney has like disney cruises and stuff yeah um and uh owl city has has a has a song called the yacht club so i think that that would be a nice name for like maybe like a cruise ship uh, attraction. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, the Disney Cruise style thing uh, called the Owl Cities, Owl Cities, Owl Cities Yacht Club,
1: <laughs> Owl Cities, Owl City Yacht Club. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, if if we're making it, if we want to go big, it's going to be uh, a club for people who own yachts. So it's going to be the Owl City, Owl City Yacht Club, Yacht Club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we got it. I think that I think obviously I think we can. Uh, develop this over time. Obviously we don't want to spoil everything because yes, this we, will if be we open said in twenty twenty four.
1: Why would anyone want to go in the year twenty twenty four being yeah, built exactly. on top of where Universal Studios is? Sorry, Mario Land, you're only around for a few years.
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry. So so get your Mario's in uh soon. Yeah, go to Universal Studios. Speaking of Mario Land, my cousin uh had a really cool thought uh that I hope that they implement somehow. What if in a Super Nintendo world they put like switch docks in there with TVs and stuff. So if you bring your switch, you can sit down and play in the theme park. You
1: know, it would be the dark timeline. What? The switches are already preloaded and the only game on is 1 2 Switch. No! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to another lip-curling episode of Nothing's Perfect.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, why not share and discuss it on your social media of choice using the hashtag PerfectedCast.
0: Which is also where you can leave your own suggestions for what we should perfect next.
1: We appreciate you spreading the word and keeping our show afloat.
0: And we absolutely love hearing what you have to say, which is also why you should leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts.
1: Let us know what you like about the show or what you think we could do better. It helps tremendously.
0: But if you're feeling even more generous and and would like to support the show more directly, go to Patreon.com/ KnittingGiantBeanies and pledge any amount to not only support its continuation, but gain access to Patreon exclusive bonus episodes.
1: For as little as one dollar a month, you'll be able to listen to brand spank and new content every other week.
0: With all that being said, I'm Bean. You can find me on Twitter at KnittingGB, and I'm Ryan,
1: and you can find me on Tumblr at blog or on Twitter at ChongoTweet,
0: and you can find me at Owl City's Owl City at 2024 well i'll be there the whole time because we'll be building it the whole time actually i cannot stress enough that every thing that we talk about in nothing's perfect is going to be real and we're going to make it
1: especially the death in owl city's owl city yacht especially
0: those uh so yes it will happen 2024
1: mark your calendar
0: mark your calendar bye bye spaghetti